welcome along to a very, very special episode, possibly the most anticipated episode ever of the Armchair Fancast. Welcome, live from London, not live, but from London, <laughs> the first annual Armchair Fancast End of Season Awards, a.k.a. The Fannies. Dave Bradshaw here alongside Tom Crosby and Alex Dugan. Tom is wearing a, uh, frankly, horrific looking throwback Coventry City kit, uh, wearing it proudly after what happened this week. And um, Before we start, Dave, would you like to read the uh, inscription on the uh, bottom right of the jersey? Oh, it says uh, Coventry 3, Tottenham 2. So it's the 1987 Classic, Dave. Yeah. So do you remember that date uh, fondly? Uh, not, well, I don't remember it at all, but um, <laughs> but it does say something about you that you're still clinging on to that um, some 31 years later. Well, the good news, Dave, is that we're on the up. Uh, we had a fantastic 4-1 win in the League 2 uh, semi-final. Um, as, you, as you testify, you watched. Yes, I was watching this. Uh, in, it was probably, I said at the time, on our, on our WhatsApp group, probably the worst Friday night of my life. Uh, I somehow ended up spending it in a pub uh, with young Thomas watching Notts County versus Coventry City. Uh, first of all, Thomas spilled a beer all over my trousers um, <laughs> immediately, as soon as he brought it back from the bar, uh, and then spent the rest of the night uh, periodically <coughs> yelping as Coventry scored First one, then two, then three, then four goals. It was uh, quite embarrassing to be in public with you. Well, the good news, I was with there with the rest of the South Kensington Commentary Supporters Club faithful. Yeah, you're the president, <laughs> aren't you? Yeah. Uh, vice president, actually, Dave. Uh, yeah, yeah. Who, who's in charge then? Um, Mickey Adams. Is he? Was he there? Okay, yeah, yeah, lovely. yeah, yeah. Uh, wonderful. Alex Dugan. Uh, how was that FA Cup final? Shit. Yeah, it was actually. That's a fair, fair description. I'm commenting on the game. I'm not even yeah. commenting on what I think. What I think about how United played. That the game was terrible. Mm. Um, now, speaking of uh, games that were terrible, well, just before we came on air, uh, Alex Dugan <laughs> defeated Tom Crosby five nil on FIFA. Um, which, as anyone who is a FIFA uh, enthusiast knows, is apology letter territory. If you lose by five goals to someone on FIFA, you are supposed to write a written apology. We're not going to go for a written apology because we're an audio medium. So, um, Tom, I think you should probably apologise, much like Chelsea and Man United should apologise to the footballing world for wasting two hours of all of our lives on Saturday. I think you should apologise to Alex uh, for wasting his time on FIFA. Um, I don't think I should apologise to Alex. I think my apology should go to Wes Morgan. Um, (laughs) I should never have put him in that position to get absolutely fraped by um, Marcus Rashford. So for that, Wes, I'm uh, eternally sorry. Five times, in fact. Five times. <laughs> yeah, so there the we same are. goal every time. It was yeah. exactly the same goal between the left back and the centre back and just tore it to pieces. Um, right, now before we get on to these awards, lots of other things going on. Just before we've started recording, the rumour has it, and it's according to the BBC, who d- tend not to report anything until it's at least 200% definite, um, Emery to Arsenal. Not Arteta after all. What's our immediate reactions to that? Uh, completely unexpected. And it's gone, they've gone for an appointment that will not be the legacy appointment that they're, they're probably seeking. So I can see another two, three year burnout from Emery and then disappear for someone else to take over the reins. Do you think that's a, 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 a plan on their part? Obviously, ideal world. You want a man who's going to save for 20 years and win the league every year. But do you think the Arsenal border, <laughs> do you think the Arsenal border prepared for the fact that this could be more of a three years and out rather than a new dynasty like Wenger? Are they prepared for it? Probably not. I don't think. I, I think it's very difficult for any kind of board to transition from a legacy manager to one such as this. Mm. I mean, the other thing I question is that Emery's been judging, been managing PSG. Now, what competition is there 
in the French league. Like Monaco, but Monaco, yes, Monaco doing doing all right, but. PSG have next to nothing. They have all the money in the world. Marseille's made the Europa League final. Yeah, but they they don't. They still. There's not competition for PSG. There's not competition for a team that has what Levetsi, Neymar, others, uh, Cavani. They they have the purchasing power to be great, and Arsenal don't have that unless they've promised him saying here's two hundred million pounds to spend this summer, mm. and he's going to revamp that squad totally. But I don't think they'd put a, such a risk like that going forward, given them such financial spending power. Given that that's what Arsenal have been built on a kind of sound in inverted commas uh, financial model I think that's been actually quite harsh for Emery I mean he was at Sevilla he's done what Steve Keane couldn't do at Blackburn Rovers and turned Steven <laughs> Nzonzi into a world class player so I mean if Emery can do that surely he can turn the likes of uh, El Meni into a decent player in the Premier League now, the other thing that's happened since we've last had an episode, of course, is the announcement of the England World Cup squad. Uh, reactions to that? What's your, what are your thoughts? I was relatively pleased. I think we probably should have taken Wilshire rather yeah. than Delph. Uh, I'm a bit worried about the lack of verve in the, mid, in the uh, central midfield area, although Loftus-Cheek helps a little bit with that. What are your thoughts on it? Um, well, I think we, we've took eight full-backs or something on that. Yeah. So it seems like it should fit Henderson and Dyer quite well because they just like to pass it backwards and sideways. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I agree that we should have took someone in the mould of Wilshire. I mean, Shalvey, ideally, if his head was on straight um, and he was performing better for a bigger club, maybe, then we should probably take him. But, I mean, we just look devoid of any quality going forward in the central midfield. It's a creativity we're lacking. Um, Loftus-Cheek does do something the, the things I'm glad about I'm glad there's no Joe Hart although we don't really care about the third choice keeper anyway it cements Joe Hart as what he actually is which is an average to poor Premier League goalkeeper um, I'm excited that Trent Alexander-Arnold is going that's a good step for future England squads is, is it a good step I, 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 in general I agree with the whole let's take young players you know Get them, get them some experience of a, of a major tournament. 19 is very young, though. 19 is very young, but he's had a significant impact on the Liverpool squad, and he's been starting, or at least being in the fray for starting, for quite a lot of this season so far. And that fits what you're looking for in terms of a player that's got that, has got match fitness, has got um, some good exper- experience from recent Premier League games. And if you are a young player going to that tournament, you're more likely to go in kind of wide-eyed, like nothing's going to affect you, you'll just go and play nonetheless. And I can see that being a beneficial factor in some of the, in like the, the only, well, should be the only tough group game against Belgium. I can see that being a good factor going into the knockout rounds going forward. So I'd completely endorse that move. Uh, how many United fan, uh, you know, fan, How many United players in the squad? Four. How many Tottenham players? Is it more than four? It's five. Yeah. How many Coventry players? No, you don't answer that. <laughs> yeah. Don't need to answer that. Um, now, they've, they've all been called up for the full Scotland side. Have they? Yes. You've got Scot- Scottish players, have you? Uh, Matt McNulty, 27 oh, goals yeah. this season. He's yeah. uh, in my top three for uh, players of the year, but we'll get on to that a bit later on. Um, uh, yeah. I'm at my depth on Coventry. Beyond Darren Huckabee and... Noel Whelan, I can't really tell you any, any Coventry players okay. in the last 20 years. i say one thing that the FA Cup final did mm. show is that Smalling is a better centre-back than Jones. And that for, for the purpose... For yes, he doesn't, maybe doesn't fit the purposes of what your Southgate's looking for in terms of an, that England player. But for him not even to be like your, uh, your backup centre-back, you know someone who can come in and mm. do a job. Maybe they won't play nice, play nice football at the back, but someone who can sit there and be a decent enough rock for a defence. You saw... Um, you saw... Smalling, Mark Giroud out the game. You saw um, him do the same early in the season with Kane. 
Snorlin can do a job for England, and the fact that he's not even involved in the setup, I think, is a travesty. That that argument's a lot like, I mean, who do you find the most attractive, your mum or your gran? Like, would, would you really take like, small, small into the World Cup based on that he's better than Phil Jones? I don't know about in Coventry, but that's not really a common <laughs> common debate down here. Down in Surrey, maybe. No, well, please. Um, now, speaking of the World Cup, the big announcement, I promised a big announcement last week, and our big announcement is as follows. We are going to be broadcasting during the World Cup, but not just a podcast, Tom. Oh, no. We're going no, to no, Moscow. No. We're not going to Moscow. We're not idiots. <laughs> Value my life. Uh, no, we are going YouTube for the World Cup. So we haven't quite worked out. It's not, I don't think it's going to be quite every day, but it'll be uh, multiple times per week. We're going to have YouTube videos up live from our uh, armchair fancast towers, our studio, as we analyse everything going on in the 2018 <laughs> World Cup. It is going to be an adventure. I'm speechless, Dave. <laughs> speechless. Uh, you, so you look excited. I do look excited. I'm, I'm looking forward to this, although it means that I have to put some effort into what I'm wearing and find some football shirts to, to find. So yeah. we've got to take some of that into account going forward. Yeah. Sometimes he just comes in like a vest. <laughs> <laughs> no one gets to see it. Well, it's better than what you're wearing. I don't know what you're laughing at. Ridiculous cover shirt. Dave, you're still wearing that shirt that I spilled beer down. No, I'm not. I am wearing the same jeans, actually. <laughs> but yeah, I said this to you earlier. Jeans soak up everything. You can wear jeans for at least two weeks, regardless of what you've done to them. Oh. Fact. <laughs> that, that is a fact. <laughs> I don't think you'd be relatively conservative in what you've done in your jeans. <laughs> yeah. I don't, don't want to know. I do not want to know what you've been doing in your jeans. Anyway, shall we get on with the uh, main business of the day? As we said, a very special episode. And it's so special that I'm going to, um, in, in post-production, if you like, after we've stopped uh, recording, I'm going to add a fanfare like this. Like it? It was brilliant day. Yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, welcome, as I said, to <laughs> the first ever Fannies, the Armchair Fancast End of Season Awards. We have awards in a variety of categories, and they have been hotly contested. We uh, let the nominations out amongst all of our regular panelists uh, earlier this week, and we have been. Uh, hotly debating who we think should win in each of our categories. Gentlemen, shall we get on with the first ever Fannies? And possibly the last. Possibly the last. (laughs) Possibly. (laughs) All right, here we go. And our first award ever is for biggest prima donna of the season. Biggest prima donna of the season. And the nominees are... You can add nominees, by the way, yep. if, if you know, if you if, we, if you want to add some in the uh, ensuing debate, mm-hmm. and then we will democratically decide the winner. The nominees are: Ronaldo checks his face in a mobile phone <laughs> after cutting his head open. Remember that? Mourinho just brackets all, getting upset <laughs> about literally everything when stuff doesn't go his way. Harry Kane claiming a goal that isn't his, uh, and Alan Pardew. Prematurely dancing on the touchline. <laughs> um, gentlemen, your thoughts? To be honest, I don't think there's much of an argument here. I think it's got to be Kane. Like how? Well, of course you think that. Got, yeah. of, course, of course I would think that, but to, to go so hard for a goal when you, you are so solely for your own interest versus that of the others. Yeah, you can, you can forgive Ronaldo for looking at his face. You've got to see how cut open he was. Mm. But... No, unforgivable what kind of... Okay, on Ronaldo, I actually... I, I, I dispute in general that Ronaldo is a prima donna. I just think Ronaldo's just a bit of a dreamboat, isn't he? What do you think, Tom? Well, Dave, I mean, he's an absolute yeah. 10. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's yeah. a 7 on the field, but mm. we'll give him a 10. I mean, 
a mobile phone has no place on the pitch. I mean, a Totti that did that time and we did the selfie where he scored a goal. That's absolutely pathetic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think a special nomination has to go for Kevin Nolan. Yeah. Um, he looked absolutely fantastic in that tracksuit at the weekend. Uh, but it, yeah, the, the, the way the way he complained with the assistant referees and was blaming the Notts County's defeat on the referee. I mean. Surely he deserves a nomination. You're talking like this is a really topical joke that everyone saw, but you're forgetting that literally no one else watched Notts County play commentary. Well, actually, I agree. It was it was quite surprising. Notts County now have uh, Kevin Nolan as manager. It's only a year or two since he stopped playing, isn't he? And he, he looks he looks older, <laughs> shall we say? The uh, a year of management has ravaged his once youthful looks. Well, when you get your manager advice from Steve Bruce and uh, Sam Allardyce, I think uh, yeah. speaks volumes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Kane, Kane is your is Kane, your pick. Kane is Kane is my vote. All right. Um, in defence of Harry Kane, where we go? You would, wouldn't you? If you were a striker and you thought you had a chance of claiming a goal, you would. Yeah, Chasing you, the golden boot is competitive. That's what makes him such a great player. Yeah, you do so uh, pissing off everyone else in your team. I bet Ericsson was fuming at him. Unless you think he's so mild-mannered enough to not care about someone stealing one of his goals, I bet he has a goal bonus award in his contract as well. That Kane has that. That's why he's doing it for the money. Dugan's on one of his little off on one of his tears again. What do you think? I think I think at least like back in the past when Dave Mugen nicked the goal off Jermaine yeah. Defoe versus Andorra, you can't blame him. One cap, one goal. I mean, everyone wants to be in that like same category as Franny Jeffers and that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah. But Kane, it's just it's just sad, really. Hmm. That, it, also, does it qual- even? Obviously, I'm not going to agree with either of you, but does it qualify? That's not really prima donna behaviour, is it? It wasn't. Obviously, it wasn't me who included this nomination, um, <laughs> but. I don't understand. I don't think that fits the category even. It, it's opportunistic, perhaps, but it doesn't make him like he's not. You know, prima donna is someone who's like kind of preening, bit of a diva. That's not yeah, Harry Kane. Yeah, but how much pressure did he have to put on the club to put that complaint in to try and get the goal? He'd have to go through so many levels of people to try and get someone to put something in. Would he? Yeah. yeah. yeah well, Kane, had... can't, Kane can't just turn around and say oh, I'm going to complain to the Jewish goals panel. He, has, he probably has to go through the club. So he has to work through people to be able to make that happen. No, no, it's Kane. I mean, this isn't the single case of Harry Kane being a prima donna. I mean, he obviously did something to Roy Hodgson to take corners during Euro 2016, <laughs> and he's also ostracised every other second striker Spurs have ever had. He even wants to play in the League Cup. Is that why we've off topic? Is that why we've taken six different wing backs so that so that we've definitely got people who can take corners so Kane doesn't have to? Well, Janssen or, or Lorente don't qualify for uh, England, unfortunately. No. So I think Harry Kane probably has put yeah. a bit of pressure. Yeah. All right. Should we go to a vote? It's Kane. It's Kane. All right. Well, okay. At least then, the first ever Fanny does go <laughs> to Harry Kane so at least that's a moment of history yeah. Harry well, look, look out for the I know you're listening have, have a look out for the certificate in the post who's yeah. presenting the award by the way Chris Armstrong maybe Chris Armstrong there's, a, there's an old school reference Alan Everson oh. Stefan Everson Alan, Alan Everson's of NBA Oh, I was Alan Nielsen. Great. Yeah, yeah, I think I was mixing the two. Anyway. Can we also say about something about Spurs? Dave has somehow uh, forgot the 2002 League Cup final. How can you forget that? <laughs> Alright, so we were talking about this the other day, and I, he was saying, oh, when did you win the League Cup? And I said, 1999 and 2008, right? He said, have you lost a final? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, nah. Nah, I'm pretty sure we haven't. We've lost three, haven't we, since... Since 2000. <laughs> Actually, I do remember 2015. That's what happened to start sports Spurs but, in 2017. <laughs> but I don't, I certainly don't, I don't, but actually, uh, actually, Andy Cole scored the winner in the 2002 League Cup final for Blackburn against Tottenham. I have absolutely no memory of that whatsoever. Because you blanked it out of your mind out yeah. of disappointment. Mm. Anyway. 
totally off topic. Second Fanny of the year. Are you ready? The category is hardest bastard. Who is the hardest bastard in the Premier League? Alex Dugan, what do you think? Big category. Few people. Uh, what, one mention, although I don't. Phil think Jones. No, Phil Jones. No, 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 no. He makes the face. Um, the hardest bastard, I've, from my point of view, would be deserves at least an honourable mention is Eric Bailly. Mm-hmm. Every time he goes into a tackle, you think he's going to clean the guy out, and he times it to perfection yeah. to just about make it and be fine. And you look at him; he's just absolute nutter on the pitch. He's mm. going bounds around everywhere, and you have no idea what he's going to do next. Oh, shall I give you my? I think give you a nominee. Sure, I'm not very good at this format no. yet. Ready? All right, here we go. The nominees are Tom's looking very thoughtful. Nominees <laughs> are John Joe Shelby. He's not. He's not he's hard. Not hard. Oh, wait, wait for it. You've ever watched an awards show before? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Troy was... Deeney. Oh, he's a tank. <laughs> Deli Alley. I just put that into a <laughs> I put that into a Noi Boutros. Uh, and Sam Allardyce. Sam Allardyce. Oh, yeah. Well, Louch put that in. I think, yeah. I think because Louch's argument was that he's a double hard bastard because he can just walk into a club, what, a save them, <laughs> take a big payoff, come back and do it for someone else next year. I, mean, I wouldn't want to take on Sam Allardyce in a fight, would you? I mean, if it was a fight, oh, fight over a Savaloy or something, I wouldn't have yeah, yeah. fight with him, no. He might have had a pint of wine. So, anyway, does anyone need to add any nominees? I mean, is, it, is this totally like, exclusive, like, exclusive of like, other like, leagues and that sort of thing? Is it just Wait, a pack? It's got to be someone that people have heard of, so you can't have a Coventry player. I mean, I think Scott Brown actually deserves a special mention for his... I know, I mean, it's a Mickey Mouse League and that sort of thing, but yeah. he's been absolutely scythed on a number of occasions, and he's just an absolute madman. So okay. I'm going to throw Scott Brown in the mix. All right. Can you, oh, Scott Brown. Do you not have to add Wenger for the numerous assaults he's had from Arsenal Fan TV, from the, fan, uh, from the fans of the stadium, yeah. giving him shit the entire time and just soldiering them? That, that's a certain level of psychological resilience. I'm talking about... I think the purpose of this award is who would you not want to fight in a dark alley hmm. shame Skirtle's not still about yeah Skirtle would well Skirtle would have won the first 10 yeah. years of this award if it had been, <laughs> been here 11 years ago um, come on it must be Charlie Adam Charlie Adam I mean, I'm trying to think who's, who's I mean I think, he, if you had a fight with Charlie Adam he'd bite you he'd bite you he would he would bite <laughs> is this from personal experience I don't know I, I just get the impression he would <laughs> I mean Vincent Company yeah, even though it's mild mannered off yeah. the pitch, on the pitch, wouldn't mess with him. No, no, absolutely not. Vincent Company's a good shout. Yeah, I think Troy Deeney. I mean, I think if, if anyone was going to like defend their club and have a fight with you down a dark alley, I yeah. mean, Troy Deeney wouldn't be. You don't want to mix it up with him too much, but he never really puts in like horror tackles or anything like that. So no, no, no. no. Well, he just, doesn't easy though, does he? Strike just stares at you and give yeah. the ball away. Yeah. All right, we ready for a vote? Yeah. yeah. Who is the hardest bastard in the Premier League? Yeah, I think Am I going first? Going first this time. We rotate it around. Rotate All right. around. I will go. <laughs> oh, I want to vote for Ali. You Just... can't do that. You Just... can't do that. Deeney. Scott Brown. Deeney. All right. The Fanny for Hardest Bastard in the Premier League 2018. Congratulations, Troy Deeney. <laughs> no, he's a big fan of the show. Big fan of the show. Up next. We are moving swiftly along. We're not one of those shit award shows where you have like, um, you know, like a musical interlude. We're not going to have like a Beyonce's on now. No, we're going straight through from beginning to end. Our third award of the evening, the Kevin Keegan Award for biggest meltdown of the season. 
and the nominees are with his second nomination of the night Jose Mourinho <laughs> for his 12 minute rant that we talked about that was a few weeks I can't remember what even, when that was. What, was that what game was that after no, some play, some game we played terrible, and they started talking about everything. Could be anything. Could be any game this season. Um, Ali Gregory on the uh, Boxing Day edition of this program, <laughs> when one of the quiz sections was about the 1990s, and he complained that he wasn't alive <laughs> or what didn't remember it. Um, next nominee, Alan Pardew's career, <laughs> biggest meltdown of the season. Uh, Gianluigi Buffon in his last game and finally the entire club fans, board and players of West Ham United who has had the biggest meltdown of the season I think people that haven't been mentioned I mean Dave Bradshaw deserves a nomination when did I have a meltdown? Um, for forgetting to put Kevin Phillips in the quiz last week ok but that, that's a minor error <laughs> Um, from, from the list, I mean, I think the Buffon thing was, you know, you can sort, sort of understand it that that's one of his last chances to win the Premier, uh, the Champions League even. Um, but the way he went about it, just criticising the referee was a bit, a, bit, a bit out of line. But the West Ham, I mean. That day at West Ham, who was, that, who was it against Burnley? Burnley. Right, when, yeah, oh my God. I mean, yeah, the board have been terrible. The board have promised them the world, promised them a new stadium. Uh, or, you know, they delivered, they delivered a new stadium. They delivered a new stadium, but promised that the new stadium <laughs> that they didn't really want to go yeah. to would be uh, the catalyst for challenging consistently for the top four. I haven't thrown the money in. So, from the board's perspective, total shit show. But then the fans, I mean, the fans don't help themselves, do they? Like, they fight each other, they, they start riots. It was organised. That, that no, I, I don't think we've seen a meltdown on such a large scale for a club. Mm. I mean, Arsenal's been a slow, degrading process over the past three, mm. four, five years. For West Ham to go from that really in the space of six months is quite remarkable, mm. um, and it was utter farce. How many how many pitch invasions? What like three pitch invasions that day? Yeah, yeah Mark Noble going mad at the players, uh, at the people coming on. You had things being thrown at directors' box. I don't think we've ever seen it since the years of kind of hooliganism. I don't think we've ever seen it that bad at Premier League ground. I mean, what 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 do West Ham fans like really like expect from their team? I mean, they've always been a yo-yo club. I mean, yeah. they're never going to challenge for the top six. I mean, unless they get a huge cash investment. I think another mention on the lines of like fans going crazy. Did you see what happened at Sporting Lisbon this week where the fans stormed the training ground and assaulted yeah. the players? No. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they were really disappointed because they missed out on European qualifications, so they stormed the training ground, and uh, I think they hit, uh, I think, is it Dan Boss or something? He had, like, uh, a head top, trauma yeah, from... Yeah, the <laughs> top goal scorer was in hospital with uh, stitches on his forehead. Um, we got to talk about Mourinho before we go to a vote, because uh, we talked about this in March when it happened, uh, but Jose Mourinho, uh, on that famous 12-minute rant, uh, back a couple of months ago. Here again are some quotes from Jose Mourinho's 12-minute answer to a question in a press conference. Quote, I'm alive. I am here. <laughs> Full stop. Uh, Every wall is a door. Uh, I, learned in my <laughs> I learned that in my religious formation, be happy with others' happiness, even if the others are your enemies, so be it. Uh, he then referred to people as idiots, idealists, and the dictionary of life. Went off on Luke Shaw for a bit, and then was that the one where he talked? Oh yeah, and and Matic is an island of personality and quality um, compared to the entire rest of the Man United squad. What a, a freewheeling 
12-minute response from Jose Mourinho that is one of the more spectacular answers in a managerial press conference I've ever heard. Yeah, I, I think if he... If, if we weren't second in the league, I think that may have been the may have been one of the nails in the coffin for him um, in terms of uh, Man United manager. Um, he has a right to be annoyed, but it's very rare for a manager to be that critical in front of the press. Um, his assault of Luke Shaw was unacceptable. Yeah, um, that, that was a complete meltdown moment for him, um, and I. I, I, I think I'm amazed to see that he managed to recover enough rapport with his squad to keep him going for the rest I of mean, the season. I mean, you, you, you could pick one of ten occasions with Jose Mourinho this season and put it on the, on the, up for this award. You could put the time recently when he said, oh, people will always say, why, do you, why don't you play uh, Rashford or Martial and play Lukaku? Well, I didn't play Lukaku today, now you that's see not, why. No, 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 no. Nonsense. I disagree, that's not a meltdown moment. That's him no. making... Uh, public uh, assessment he's already made of his players um, the amount of trust he had in Lukaku throughout the season mm. is, is, should be shown and Rashford and Martial didn't perform and didn't replace him in that regard so he's within his rights to say um, that they in public that, that shouldn't have happened but whether he should do or not it depends on the output of those players and it doesn't hasn't gone that well from them so far has it um, Tom you're quiet what do you think What's, where are you headed where's your, where's your head at with this meltdown I think I, I think he's covering his own tracks. I mean, I think like he's possibly becoming either like outdated or like in terms of his tactics and that thing. And he's certainly feeling the pressure. I mean, from when his time in Spain, he was having he was obviously in competition with Guardiola intensely over those years. And I think this season has shown that Guardiola is possibly the more astute t- tactician, at least in like twenty eighteen, like modern era of football and that sort of thing. So I think he's panicking at this point, and you know. If he can get away with it by blaming it on Luke Shaw, then you know it's pretty pathetic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so let's go to a vote on the biggest meltdown of the season. Tom Crosby, uh, West Ham. Alex Dugan, West Ham. I think Mourinho. I think Mourinho's entire season, not just the twelve-minute rant, but the entire season. But anyway, that's not how democracy works. I've been then. outvoted. <laughs> So the award, the Kevin Keegan Award for biggest meltdown goes to the entire club from board to players to fans of West Ham United. Congratulations, West Ham, on your first ever fanny. Uh, goal of the season time. Our first uh, major award. of this. If, if this, You know how when it's the Oscars and there's like a few that everyone wants to know, like best actress, best actor, you know, best picture. This is one of them. This is in that sort of top four category. Uh, goal of the season the nominees are that I have this is uh, Premier League only I haven't included Ronaldo's overhead kick you could include that Jamie Vardy versus West Brom in March that uh, volley that came from over his shoulder Sofiane Bouffal Southampton versus West Brom cracking <laughs> uh, <laughs> tie and Victor Wanyama versus Liverpool for the mighty Tottenham Hotspur. Do you want to add any nominees in there? I think Alex Dugan does. Matic away versus Palace in the what ninety-second minute, so two minutes added time gets the winner. So United win what three-two. Describe the goal. Twer- go- cleared out about 20, 25 to thirty yards out. Volley from Matic straight into the low curve into the bottom left-hand corner. Brilliant goal. Uh, Vardy's goal against West Brom is the BBC goal of the season. Uh, the Buffal goal is the official Premier League goal of the season. Tom? 
Well, I, I think in terms of t- these sort of awards, in terms of goal of the season, I don't think you should always vote on terms of technique and that sort of thing. So I think I'm going to put my weight behind Peter Crouch's 100th goal in the Premier League. Okay, all right. So is that your vote? Yes, that'll be my vote. All right. Do you? Where are you going? Um, to be honest, I'll go Vardy. Uh, I'll go Vardy as well. So we agree with the BBC. Goal of the season, 2017-2018, goes to Jamie Vardy. Congratulations. Up next... Best kit. Ooh. Best kit in the football world. And because if we limit this to Premier League teams, it's a fairly small pool. Yeah. Let's uh, extend this out to uh, other leagues, other nations. It could be international. It can be well, clubs. I see what you did there, um, What are your thoughts? I only have one nominee. It's a clear winner. I mean, should we just say who it is? The Nigeria kit. Oh, sorry. (laughs) The the Nigeria kit is absolutely sensual, isn't it? I mean, you could just look at that, put it next to your bed, and just go go to bed dreaming. That deserves to be framed in the Louvre. It is a piece of art. It's stunning. I mean, I have a picture of it in my wallet. (laughs) (laughs) You just love showing Armiobi. That's how much I like it. Yeah. So we agreed. Yeah, yeah, we don't, we need, to we don't need to debate that. We're, we're, we're you know, running short on time anyway. Spe- special nominations? Best kit. What? Is there any others? Well, well support, best supporting actors. Oh, in terms no. of kit? No, oh, no but it's obviously oh. Nigeria. There's, uh, there's no. Uh, one of the, some, I can't remember. One of, the, uh, one of our panelists nominated the United Home Kit. Terrible. Yeah. Absolutely awful kit. We've had far better home kits than the virus. It's yeah. boring and dull. Yeah. The same way that Chelsea's kit is boring and dull as yeah. well. Rubbish. There is a case for the Germany away kit as well. Is that the one with the the actually, actually the green one. what about the England training top that's got the red and blue does that count squares? I, I, it's great and everyone yeah. wishes that was the home kit instead but that's training mm. kit it's not a full kit so right. I don't think it if counts. that was a kit I'm just going to throw this out there mm. it would win it easily would win wow well, well, I, I think the Nigeria kit still wins but it's a very close second alright well we will give the Fanny for best kit to Nigeria congratulations and good luck in Russia to Nigeria next up worst kit <laughs> what why can't I wish good luck to Nigeria what's wrong with you uh, I've already sent the award to Lagos so. have you yeah, 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 <laughs> right, brilliant uh, worst kit uh, in the world of football this year there are you want nominees yep um, none of these are from me but a variety of panellists have put these forward United's third kit to that weird that was a fan competition that was one to design that shirt never should we wear grey kits again after Fergie made us take them off at half time absolutely yeah. terrible that, that was actually my first ever United kit one. <laughs> <laughs> that was the day Southampton um, who's put, someone's put Tottenham home kit I think what the fuck's wrong with our home kit is uh, that bad it, it, they've literally got the England World uh, Euro 2016 uh, yeah. kit and put a Spurs badge on it was and it's also a kit it's now in that case of like Spurs and Chelsea kits where Nike have just got this very generic design and mm-hmm. splashed a colour I mean Chelsea's probably more deserving I mean it's just plain blue and it's yeah. got nothing to it absolutely awful but it's not offensive it's just it doesn't need to be offensive <laughs> boring is enough for it to be a terrible show uninspired yeah mm. completely um, and then Huddersfield home kit <laughs> I think Dan said it just looks a bit. Who makes it? Puma. Yeah. I mean, I think Bournemouth should normally be in this category when they were being sponsored by Cabrini on mm. J- JD Sports. I mean, it's not the 1990s like Chavs or they wearing. It's very hard when your when your colour scheme is red and black to to make a good kit. I think. Mm. Well, Man United didn't over the yeah, years. No, but yeah, red and black stripes, stripes yeah, like AC yeah, Milan. They've had some sensual kits over the years. Yeah, but they, they have more invention around it. Their stripes aren't as uniform mm. as what 
Uh, Bournemouth have. Their kits are dull, always. Do we have any more nominees we want to throw in for worst kit? England home shirt, just for being devoid of any like inspiration. It's just no. plain. It's, I, I'm not, I don't think we can give worst kit to something that's just plain. Well, it's, it's not it's something just, that's actively but bad. It's, but they never try. They never try and do anything with it. Like, so they've got a kit that reflects the team. Yes. The Nigeria kit is a, is a sign of Adidas sitting there thinking, all right, we're going to try something and this is going to be interesting. Nike and all, all, other, all, <laughs> all, all other designers who sit there and take an England shirt just go, nah, white shirt. So we're going to give worst kit to Nike for everything they design. Yeah, yeah. Right. let's send it to Washington State. Is that, is that your votes? Headquarters, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, All right. I'm happy to give it to Well, it's a controversial winner because it's, a, it's actually about 200 winners. <laughs> actually, Nike have also yeah. made the Nigeria kit, so we, I don't know whether... Nike made the Nigeria one? Yeah. So yeah. I think we should just give it to Chelsea. Should we give the best and worst kit award to Nike? Yeah, I think they'd appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. I think they'd like then it's a bit like a shit sandwich isn't it it's a bit like you've done badly here you've done well with Nigeria but you've done badly everywhere else why do you eat shit sandwiches I don't it's a metaphor (laughs) (laughs) worst kit 27-2018 almost everything designed by Nike except for Nigeria and the England training top well done Nike Alright, congratulations to Nike. Two awards on the night. Not getting sponsorship for them. Yeah, let's yeah, well. see what they are sweeping the board at the families <laughs> this year. The, the, the armchair podcast um, brought to you by Nike. Nike. <laughs> <laughs> Time for the next one of the bigger awards of the night. This is Match of the Season. Um, now, we need to set some ground rules here because uh, what's Match of the Season depends on the parameters in terms of competitions. Are we limiting this to Premier League? No. Or do we limit it to English football, or do we expand out to the Champions League? I think anything's game, Dave. All right, anything that people have heard of, so you can't have a League 2 game. Wow, we'll see. All right. (laughs) Um, In that case, here's my list of nominees. Arsenal v Leicester, first day of the season. Slightly hurt by the fact that Arsenal won it. Uh, otherwise would be one of the better games of the season. Liverpool versus Man City. Liverpool stopping... Uh, Pep and his boys from going uh, undefeated all season um, Roma versus Barcelona in one of the more spectacular uh, defeat or spectacular comebacks in Champions League history and the FA Cup final <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I mean uh, no I'm not going to win this vote um, but I mean the Coventry City versus Notts County I mean I don't want to bring it up again but Dave it was 4-1 <laughs> There were disallowed goals. There were yeah. great saves. An overrated kick day, which you didn't actually believe happened. No, I was. Well, you know, well, when it did happen, I was in. I was in the uh, the gentleman's room trying to dry off my trousers that were soaked in beer because you got so excited on the first goal. Wouldn't that be you getting overly excited? No, from drying off your trousers. You spilled an entire. <laughs> we've, we've been through this. You spilled an entire pint of beer on me. Uh, irrelevant. Anyway, you know, void, void. We're not having a Coventry goal. Uh, um, Coventry match. I would add to the list. Um, City versus United. The three oh, two, God, the three yeah, two yeah, yeah. Coming from 2 0 down, yeah. <clears throat> making it back to 3 2. In what was, let's say, it, I don't, it wasn't quite a classic, mm. but I think it's up there in terms of games of the season because you had a, very, a good half of football from City. They mm. dominated that first half and you had some free flowing football which satisfied the neutral viewer. Then your second half, you had a United team who came back out and really pushed forward and got those three goals. And you had enough good football consistently across the game mm. and enough twists and turns to make it one of the top games. It's not the top game, but I think it at least deserves a mention. Here's why they can't have it. 
because I refuse to give Man United an award this season for like, exciting football <laughs> because that's absolutely not appropriate given the dross that we have sat through not all season. 90% not, of the 90% time. 90% of the season. Yeah, we yeah. started off the season um, fantastically and we had some, some real free-flowing football and some um, high-scoring games. That's why Lukaku was in so many fantasy league teams because he smashed it in the start of the season. But, I, yeah, agreed. Can't win it. It, it, it deserves a nomination, but I don't think it takes it. All right, so what does win it, Tom? Um, I think a special nomination probably should also go to uh, Louisville City playing Atlanta United 2 at the weekend. All right, I'm going to stop talking to Tom. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, but I'll probably go with the Liverpool-Man City uh, home leg of the Champions League. I think we both sort of wrote off uh, Liverpool before the game. Then it just produced a spectacular win. So that's oh, you're talking about the Liverpool. So you're talking about the Champions League. Champions League, not, yeah, the, not yeah. the Premier League one where where Liverpool ended the. Well, I mean, I mean, are you really offended if Man City go the whole season unbeaten in the Premier League? I mean, in terms of the Champions League, I think it was a lot more exciting to see Liverpool win that game. Okay, uh, I think it's more exciting to see Roma beat Barcelona. Mm. So I'm going Roma. Oh, this is hard. So you're going, you're going Liverpool. City Champions League. Yeah, you're going Roma Barca Champions League. Should we uh, put, put the deciding vote to our uh, our guest tonight? Right, who? Dean Whitehead. Dean Whitehead. <laughs> <laughs> Come on down. <laughs> He's not here. He's not here, Tom. Tom, Tom has this constant <laughs> constant <laughs> fantasy that Dean Whitehead is with him. It's not true. Um, oh God. Roma, Liverpool, uh, Roma, Roma, Liverpool, <laughs> Roma, Barcelona. Oh, that's a, that's actually, a good shout. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wasn't what I meant. Roma, Barcelona. It's got to be, isn't it? It's got to be yeah. one of the historic Champions League games. Yeah. Roma, Barcelona. Congratulations, you are match of the season as nominated by the Armchair Fancast. Up next, biggest waste of money. <laughs> biggest waste of money. The nominees are Alvaro Morata, Chelsea. Romelu Lukaku, Man United. No chance. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. Neymar, PSG. <laughs> P- presumably for the amount of money. Yeah. Uh, and Ross Barkley, Chelsea. I mean, I think also you've got to consider Slomani. That was uh, recruited by Newcastle. I think they got paid a hefty loan fee for him in January. And how many games did he pay? Two. He got injured and then he got suspended for sent- getting sent off. So uh, he's possibly be-, be in there. But, um, I mean, Barkley... Very overpriced, but you can't really say he's, he's had a horrendous second half of the season. No, but he's done nothing. Yeah, he's done very he's little. He's done nothing. He's yeah. had what four, four or five appearances. Yeah. He and he did a John Terry time full kit for the celebration of the FA Cup. I mean, wouldn't you do that? No. I mean, if you'd been sitting on the bench all season and then you get a chance to lift the cup, I mean, I'd throw him a kit. I mean, in 50 years' time, no one's going to go, oh, remember Ross Barkley didn't make an appearance in that final. Yeah, but every time he looks at that FA Cup winner's medal in his whatever trophy cabinet, he has to think, oh, I didn't play in that. <laughs> I'd be uh, like, yes, I won the FA Cup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> no, he did nothing towards that. And as a professional football player, you know, you're going to get to the point where you're like, you know what is the exceptional achievements for the ones that are somewhat fake. And Ross Barkley sitting there, in full kit with no mates in that Chelsea dressing room. No, no, it's got to be him. Um, Boutros said it should be Suzoko still. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit, a bit harsh, isn't it? I mean, how many games did he play this season, Dave? <laughs> no, not, not very many, thank God. I mean, I'm just looking up a statistic. Yeah. Barkley had two games in the Premier League. He did make an FA Cup appearance for Chelsea, so arguably he's more worthy of that than David May was in the 99 treble winning season. True, but we're not talking about David May in the '99 treble. Is <laughs> well, maybe, this... maybe if we were here in '99 doing doing the fannies, David May might have won. Isn't this the uh, David May Award? 
We could make it the David May. But they didn't waste a lot of money on David May. Ah, he was thinking about two million. Isn't that a waste? Um, well, back in those days, actually, that's a lot of money. Anyway, shut up. Um, <laughs> so, uh, who are we going with? Oh, let's, talk, oh, let's talk about Neymar for a minute. Uh, 200 million. I mean, yeah, they won the league, but they were going to win the league with or without Neymar, weren't they? It was our first ever episode of the Armchair Fancast was right after Neymar signed for PSG. It seemed ridiculous then, and 43 episodes later, it still seems ridiculous now but to it, spend that kind of money. Then They're not exactly a club like short of a bob or anything like that no. so like spending 200 million it's not a waste because I mean no. they've got plus, so much plus, to throw around plus his wages though and with that massive tax bill mm. he has in France they're paying stupid amounts of money in salary mm. yeah, I mean he doesn't even want to be there it sounds no. like as well I he mean wants, he wants to go back to Real mm. well not back to Real he wants to go back to Spain go to Madrid I think a bigger case for this award could be like someone like oh and I've just fucking forgot who I'm fucking going to vote oh last one like Lacazette I mean he's yeah. been brought in for like 40 million pound expected to be like a game changer yeah. and, and all that Arsenal have done this season is a regress they've got rid of Giroud who's arguably a better striker when and he's think, in the France squad when, when you think you know it was a pretty similar amount of money that Salah was bought for yeah. you look at the difference between Salah and Lacazette yeah, I don't think Wenger would have got that out of Salah, though. Young Cobb has done has done wonders with him um, for a player who was uh, renegade at Chelsea and then did did all right at Roma, but was very much a gambler in terms of that money still. Um, Lacazette has been poor, but I still can't see past Ross Barkley. Morata, we haven't, uh, Morata you've got to talk about as well. Like, the, just in ter- he's, scored, yeah, he's, he's scored a few. He's scored, he's scored, a he's few, scored but- enough to be... Just below satisfactory. I don't think he's a massively poor investment. When but you, it's below, yeah. it's just, he's just about below satisfactory. And the problem for him is that he's always going to be compared. He's going to be compared to Lukaku because basically Chelsea and United were both going for the same two players, mm. and then United managed to pick up. I don't Lukaku. think I don't think he's being compared to Lukaku. I think he's being compared to Diego Costa because Diego Costa yeah. is is was you know the front line for Chelsea and and it was obviously a much better fit for that Chelsea team. If you look quite aside from what's going on with Conte and has been all season. In terms of on the pitch, what are the main reasons for Chelsea being champions last year and fifth place this year? And the main one, I think, is up is up top. Morata is not half the influence that Diego Costa is. I don't think Morata has ever been like a prolific goal scorer, so I think it's harsh. I mean, I think his probably top season's probably been fifteen to twenty goals. So he's not exactly he's like he's been underwhelming. I think someone. That's possibly more underwhelming. Someone like, I mean, Boney or Ayu that, that Swansea have bought, they've paid a lot of money and they've scored absolutely no goals. So mm. shouldn't that be a bigger waste of money than uh, Maratu, who's more a striker that brings other players into the game and scores yeah. headers? I don't think he's really been like, the worst song of the year. All right, who are we going with? Dugan? Ross Barkley. Ross Barkley. Wilfred Boney. Wilfred Boney. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Romelu Lukaku. No, I'm joking. Ross Barkley. <laughs> Let's go, Ross Barkley. The uh, biggest waste of money. You're unhappy with that, Tom, aren't you? Christ, your I mean, face. He's not. He's not like disgraced himself. He's just not really. He's not even had game time to play. No. I mean, he's only been there for five months. So in terms of biggest waste of the season, I don't think that's really fair. Yeah, did you fuck all at Everton before the start of when he moved to Chelsea as he well? Mean, he was injured for six months. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, you could pick Chelsea biggest waste of money. Chelsea's entire summer. Last season, yeah. because because they, like you look at the players they signed, barely any of them are regularly starting. There aren't any of those players who you think, oh, they have made a huge positive difference to Chelsea's squad. But Ross Barkley, in some ways, is the epitome of that. So what you're saying is that we should give it to Nike? Yeah, <laughs> Nike. yeah. again, sweeping the it's like Titanic that year at the Oscars. Uh, right, coming up next. Oh, this one's okay. All right, this is a good one. Up next, most annoying thing. In the football world at the moment, 2018, 
Here are the nominees. VAR. <laughs> Messing around with international tournament formats. Yeah. Uh, Manchester United being in second place in the Premier League. And Arsenal Fan TV. Feel free to add more nominees for the most annoying thing. It can be. Can, a- can we add Seth Blatter? Just because he's, he's not really in football anymore. No, but he is. He get co- he gets covered when he speaks any words, and he still has a power, He has some media powers over these things. No, dude, fuck off. You've had your time. Go away. Go I, be done for crimes. I think along those lines, Michel Platini's come out last week and saying that that he, he rigged the uh, like the tournament phase so that Brazil and France would meet each other in the final if they made that. I mean, he's a direct example. Oh, in France, ninety eight. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's also not rigging. That was that was a quote that yes, he he said it to make those headlines. Mm. They do that all the time. England when it was the Euro ninety six played the all the games at Wembley because it was made so and it's fucking bullshit I'm really annoyed it's attention seeking it's attention seeking clickbait crap that Platini put his name to to get himself back in the spotlight awful here's another uh, nominee that's just occurred to me trigger happy chairman like Mm. it really annoys me some of the firings that happen he's still bitter about Tony Pulis yeah it just (laughs) baffles me they absolutely deserve to go down West Brom like absolutely, hundred percent, he deserved to go down purely for that decision. Nonsense. Well, I think I think they've sort of re- uh, like they've redeemed themselves by appointing Darren Moore. Yeah, but after appointing Pardew for six months, well, let's just give the awards to Alan Pardew. Well, Ch- Ch- Mr. Chocolado himself. Alan Pardew's not the most annoying thing in football at the moment. Though. He's he not, was. He's, he's not in at the moment. And he, that's key. He's the most pitiful thing in football, possibly, but not the most annoying. Uh, I, th- I think he's only annoying if he, like Alan Pardew would be annoying if he was winning the Champions League <laughs> but he's not is he but so it's not annoying can you imagine him doing that like sexual dance in Kiev like bringing Liverpool to the <laughs> title <laughs> yeah, but he'd have to score a goal his team would have to do something for that to happen that's not we're in no danger of that happening he's not even employed at the moment so he can't can I, be. Can I make a predi- this is slightly outside the scope but a yeah. prediction for what will be this time next year what the almost too intense coverage of Scottish football in England because the entire dynamic is going to be up Brendan Rodgers versus Steven Gerrard when there's going to be no chance of that happening at all Brendan Rodgers and Celtic are going to walk it and they're going to make it up like it's a big thing and it's not and they're already taking it like they're already taking out things out of context they're already putting them against each other they're already taking small quotes and making them major things mm. it's going to piss me off the entire I, year I, th- I think the the theme of Scottish football I mean I prefer Saudi to Rangers but I mean the whole idea that, that they're going over the top of them winning a second treble in a row I mean Fuck yeah. sake, you win the league, league cup and FA Cup in Scotland. It's yeah. not like fucking anything that uh, Motherwell can do. Well, actually, they couldn't. Um, do. <laughs> <laughs> Arsenal fan TV. I don't think. I don't, I don't think that's annoying. I think it's hilarious. I don't, don't know why that's on there. Uh, you know what? When Arsenal, whenever Arsenal lose a big game, which is every couple of weeks, I insist no. on watching Arsenal fan TV reactions from start to finish. I think it's an embarrassment, really, to the club. I mean, I think the way they... It's not they, annoying to us, though. We're not Arsenal fans. Yeah, but the way they outed Aston Wenger, I think it shows like absolutely no class and that sort of thing. So I think the way they went about that, I don't think they deserve anything. They're a complete um, cocks. And Man United being in second place uh, is ridiculous because they are, at best, the fourth best team in the, in the league, as we saw on Saturday when they were dreadful. The league doesn't but, yeah, do you get the points, Dave? Uh, no, the I points? didn't get the points. Get the points? So what, so what I don't want the points the way you got the points. You don't the points. want the points where we get... Um, we get the points. Who cares? Nonsense. Right. Oh, VAR. Let's talk about VAR a bit more. I think the most annoying thing in football at the minute is Spurs thinking that top four qualification time in the league is a victory. I mean... <laughs> Again, who gives a flying F if you make the Champions League and that sort of thing if compared to were, winning something? If you're in the Premier League 
And when? There's, and when? there's no danger of that anytime soon. But if you were, would you rather, if you were, you know, prop, if you supported a proper club, would you rather win the FA Cup or come fourth in the Premier League? I'd win the FA Cup, Dave. Nonsense. Dave, can you, Total can, can, nonsense. Can you uh, inform the listeners of the bet that we made the other day? Oh, yeah. Well, this was after we'd been drinking and watching Notts County play Coventry. <laughs> yeah. And Tom was a little excited on the way home and bet me that Coventry will... Or was it Coventry will win the Champions League before Tottenham? <laughs> £100, Dave. £100. That's not, that's not a bad bet, to be honest. That could be going for years. Yeah, yeah well, neither of us are in any danger of losing any money. Give us four years to get up there, Dave, and then yeah. you'll be here. <laughs> um, VAR. I, see, I, some people are really slating VAR. And I don't think it's as bad. You know, there's some teething problems, clearly. I don't find VAR that annoying. It's been implemented badly yeah, in some that, cases. That's the entire point. It's about the implementation of it. The technology itself is sound. It's fine. It's exactly what works in tennis. It's exactly what works in other sports to make it fine. It's the fact that the Premier League, um, not the Premier League, the FA sat there and they thought, oh, yeah, we can do it. We don't need anyone else's help in how to implement it. We don't need to talk to rugby. He's been doing it for years and changing things that are going on. We're not going to talk to the NFL about how they've been implementing video um, things. So... I think it's entirely the FA's fault why this is a shambles at the moment. Mm. And their blame, uh, yes, VAR has troubles, but it's really the most annoying thing in the football is the FA's mismanagement. And that comes on to Wembley as well, the FA in general being shit, um, versus the technology, which I think is actually fine. Okay, so what is the most annoying thing in the football world in the year 2018? Tom Crosby. Spurs glorifying top four. Nonsense. Um, um, <laughs> I'm throwing Kane as well. Kane's what? Harry Kane claiming a goal. Harry Kane speaking and claiming a goal. And <laughs> Harry Kane speaking. Uh, <laughs> come on. No, no, no. Um, I'm going to go. Um, oh, I'm still going to go with the FA. Oh, the FA are fucking annoying every time. Oof. I'm going to go with. You know what? I, I'm, I'm going to go with the. Trigger happy managers, and not just not. It's not just some uh, sorry. Trigger happy boards firing managers, mm. and not just the boards, but the fact that the fans support it often. Like, I ranted about this last week about Everton and Allardyce and oh, I mean all that sort of stuff. Well, West Ham and Moyes, like get over yourselves. Possibly then the most annoying thing this season is when Everton sent out a poll to their fans asking them to break oh, yeah, yeah, Allardyce. Yeah, sorry, I forgot about that. Not yeah. terrible, right? Utterly terrible. So we have Everton. 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 Everton Football Club are the most annoying thing in football. Yes. Actually, yeah, because yeah, another thing about Everton, talking, going back to kits, they've got fucking angry birds on their, sh- on their sleeves. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. Everton, sort your lives out. The winners of the most annoying thing in football 2018, Everton Football Club. Congratulations to you. Yeah. Round of applause. Well deserved. Uh, this is up next, possibly the second biggest award of the night. Man- well, no, third, because there's a really big one in a minute. But <laughs> manager... Of the season, this is hard. I re- I don't even know how to vote as we start this debate. Listen to this list of four nominees. This is Premier League only. We'll keep this too, just for the sake of, just so we don't get another rant about Coventry City. Lovely, um, known as the Mark Robbins Award. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Rafa Benitez, Newcastle. Uh, Sean Dyche, Burnley. Pep Guardiola, Manchester City. Or Roy Hodgson at Crystal Palace. This is so, incredibly I'm difficult. Sorry, there has to be one more. Go on. David Wagner. 
at Huddersfield working off of what is a mid-championship team budget Mm. and a side of championship players to make them stay up in the Premier League definitely deserves at least a nomination Okay, put him in yep I mean I think, I think Burnley they have the, the second lowest budget in the whole of the Premier League and for them to qualify for the Europa I think as much as it's a blessing them getting there I think it's going to be more of a curse next season I think as we saw with when like Ipswich years ago qualify for UEFA and then they struggle with a, barely, a really thin squad and they end up getting relegated I really hope that doesn't go the same for Burnley but I think Dyche has done a phenomenal uh, job with players that are arguably I mean championship standard many of them so here's the dilemma Dyche everything you just said agreed Benitez, though, very similar to what you said about Wagner at Huddersfield, basically a championship side. You could take Lascelles, you could take Shelby, maybe one or two others, but they are basically championship calibre players, and he has finished 10th. He's finished in the top half of the Premier League. The question you've got to ask mm. is, put any other manager in that role, yeah. and would they be able to do that job? I think you look at Huddersfield Town... The answer is probably no. I think if you look at Bur- uh, Burnley, the answer is a maybe. If you look at Newcastle, the answer is probably resoundingly a no. I think Benitez has a quality to him, and the work he's managed to get out of those players is absolutely phenomenal. But if you're going to go by that criteria, there is a man called Pep Guardiola in Manchester who has just taken his team to 100 points, well, broken just about every record in Premier League history. Uh, as much as all of these managers are great and have, and all the other three or four that we've talked about have had wonderful seasons, and I'm not someone who necessarily thinks, oh, we won the league, manager of the season, but in this case, arguably the greatest team in Premier League history, and really from nowhere a year ago. So, or well, not nowhere, but from, <laughs> but from, but there, no, but there was no like you go back to August. Even at the start of the season, there was no no one was talking about Manchester City dominating the Premier League. Most people weren't even predicting Manchester City to win the Premier League. So Pep Guardiola, yes, with money, but he has done a job at Manchester City. Yeah, but I mean, I thought you were about to go say he's done it with championship caliber players. I mean, Dave, he's, no. he's blessed with a squad of about twenty two, yeah. twenty three, either be world class players. I yeah, mean, but he's made some of them world class. Like yeah, Kevin De Bruyne wasn't half the player he was before Pep got oh, on. Raheem, not not that what he is now. Raheem Sterling was not what he was. Leroy Sané certainly wasn't what he was before Pep Guardiola got hold of him. So, like, yeah, they're good. They were good players beforehand. Some of them world class, Aguero, obviously. You know, and, and a few others, but but Guardiola has brought that squad along. And you talk to Man City players, you know they they would say, and you've you know, you've heard them say in interviews that they look forward to going to training because it's so it's so exciting to work with a coach the caliber of Guardiola. I mean, but Sean Dyche has turned a goalkeeper, Nick Pope. He was working in like a supermarket eight years ago yeah. into an England international going to the World Cup. I mean, I think in terms of maximising their players' potential, I think Dyche has arguably done a much better job. And Benitez. I mean, we haven't even spoken about Roy Hodgson yet. He took over a job that where they hadn't didn't have a point after seven games and they hadn't scored a goal. And they've relied a lot on Zaha when he came back from injury and that sort of thing. But to, to do that and get the amount of points that he gathered in those thirty-one games is unbelievable. He's, he's we turned Zaha from a United reject into a fifty-sixteen million pound player. Mm. We talked about Hodgson. Like after those first seven or eight games, so he was in for a couple of them, but you know he's brought in after what five? I think is when they got rid of, uh, yeah. of De Bruyne. Four, four or five. Yeah. And uh, uh, but after losing seven games in a row, it was we worked out they were going to need like one point three three points per game or something to try and get to forty points, mm-hmm. right? Which you know we thought might be the 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 line for, and that would have been basically the form of a of a upper mid table team for the rest of the season, right? And that, and they have. 
done that easily. They've broken 40 points. Uh, and it was something we were saying back in October, whenever that was, that that probably meant they were getting relegated, even if Hodgson did a good job. But he's done a phenomenal job. I mean, he's, he's proved a lot of us wrong. I mean, after his like roles at Liverpool and uh, England and that sort of thing, I thought he was basically downing out. And then to have the motivation to come back, go to Palace, mm-hmm. prove everything wrong, then, I mean, Roy Hodgson, I mean, take my hat off to you. All right. So where's this going? Right. Let's go to a vote. Benitez, Dyche, Guardiola, Hodgson. We'll put Wagner in there as well. Um, we haven't spoken about Mourinho yet. We're not going to speak about <laughs> Mourinho as manager of the season. second with a very average United side. Mm, and bore us all to sleep in the meantime. <laughs> um, manager of the season, go. It's either Dyche or Benitez. So Which one? Hodgson. Hodgson. <laughs> <laughs> Should I come back to you? Hodgson. Hodgson, all right. Benitez. Uh, I, think, I think Guardiola. I just think Guardiola. Like, it's incredible. Well, should we Centurions. Shall we put it to our special guest? We don't have a special guest. There's no one else here. To be fair, you can go to the extra. Should we go to the votes that have been sent in? Go on then. So, um, we had Boutros. Yeah. Has gone for Hodgson. Yeah. Uh, so that's what, two for, two for Hodgson at the moment. Yeah. Uh, Lauch went for Benitez. To all. Uh, Dan went for Hodgson. Uh, and that's it that's all the votes that were sent in alright so right. well on that basis hey, then it's Roy my boy yeah manager of the season congratulations Roy Hodgson a miracle escape for Crystal Palace given where he started with them back in September there are three awards left in this year's fannies uh, and the first one is armchair fancast best panellist of the season um I'm going to make the case for me. <laughs> uh, here's no, why. Like, look, can I try open another beer? Yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah, it might be. It might be. Yeah, You've got a while. <laughs> uh, I am the reigning and defending predictions champion. No one has bettered uh, my score of 13 out of 30 in our weekly predictions league. I was the first to get there and have done it twice. Uh, I am also the winner of the first ever Armchair Fancast Christmas quiz-off, and no one can match that. So in all of our major contests this year, oh, and I've uh, beat Boutros in a a bet, which therefore made him deliver a beautiful rap about the merits of Deli Alley. Uh, So I think um, it's it's an unarguable fact that I am panellist of the season. Uh, Dugan. Fuck off, Dave. <laughs> you, can't, you can't have a show which you host to be <laughs> panellist for yourself. That's not how panels work, right. Dave. Well, who are you nominating? Yeah, we're nominating. Yeah. Uh, I can't. God, that's, the thing is, you nominate You're going to nominate yourself now, no, aren't no, you? No, no. You yeah. nominate someone and the next time people come on, they could give you all the yeah. shit, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've drawn the short straw. Yeah. How, uh, as a second option, Ali, but only when he's hammered. So, on our uh, Boxing Day double episode, so actually 27th of December when the second half went out, uh, the, the, the quiz off, if you remember, was, was uh, four of us all as contestants each provided a round of questions for the other three contestants. By the time Ali was on, he was fourth out of four to host his. We were absolutely battered, uh, and we managed, and that was by far our highest rated episode of all time. And it was mostly because. Uh, Ali Gregory made absolutely no sense throughout all of it. So he's in there. Uh, Tom, you want to make a case for you? I think I've added a nice bit of northern flavour to the programme, a nice bit of Bisto. 
Yeah. Um, You've added a, 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 a range of accents. Well, I appreciate that, Dave. Yeah. But um, I think, you know, um, we've all missed the person, you know, he's not been around for a few weeks. He's been, like, globetrotting. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw my weight behind Dan. Oh, yeah. He's currently in Maryland listening to a show live. So uh, I'm going yeah. to put it behind him. All right. So Dan for you. Yeah, Dan for me. I'm voting for me. Uh, Dugan. In the interest of majority, I'm going to go for Dan. Oh, God. <laughs> What's a man got to do to win best pet? Actually, buy the beer that we can see yeah, when we have this episode. Buy my drink, Dave. Yeah. What? Right. <laughs> uh, best panellist of the year goes to Dan. Um, congratulations. All right, now. Um, most ridiculous thing, or stupidest thing, said on the Armchair Fancast this season. So our penultimate award. Um, I want to hear a kind of reenactment. There are three nominations. Uh, although you can add more, obviously. Um, uh, Mark Boutros, about three or four weeks ago, during a quiz, said, and I quote, I cannot think of a single football team. <laughs> Which isn't great on a football podcast. Uh, early in the season, when Eric Dyer scored the winner on one of those England friendlies, was it for, no, qualifier, England qualifier, uh, I said in a sort of a fit of enthusiasm, and I quote, Eric Dyer is world class. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, Dan Parkinson, uh, in a, uh, again, a fit, a fit of rage, really, uh, in, in the depths of despair as an Arsenal fan, uh, quite rationally said at one point, I would take any Premier League manager as Wenger's replacement. <laughs> After which we listed some Premier League managers, <laughs> and he realised there were at least fifteen he would not take. Uh, thoughts on those? I think Dan. I think okay. he's a standout of tonight. He yeah. is yeah. the Kate Winslet of this award. Yeah, he's gonna win. Gonna win panelist of the year and stupidest thing said on the show. I think show. it's definitely got to be done. There's, right. there's no way around that. I mean, it's pretty stupid, isn't yeah. it? To say, I mean, think, this was this was mid-season. So I mean, be, I think you can add more nominations for Boutros for almost any quiz he takes part of. Yeah, but Boutros never gets a quiz question right. Oh yeah, the other week he didn't know where Huddersfield was, yeah. did he? Yeah. He had no idea. He didn't know what half of the country it was in. I mean, to be fair, you didn't know where Northampton was, Dave. It's in Northamptonshire. The North. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Am I wrong? And you also didn't know that Kevin Phillips from the Golden Boot. So arguably you should be in there. I, I didn't know that. I, I miswrote a list of answers. Oh, did you forget when Kevin Phillips won the league with Aston Villa or something? Kevin Phillips has, Aston, well, Aston Villa haven't won the Premier League. The, the, the question was Golden Boot winners that haven't won the Premier League and you yeah. deny that Kevin Fine. Phillips had won it. <laughs> right, who are you voting for? Dave. For what? For not remembering Kevin Phillips. Or not for not for setting Eric Dyer's world <laughs> yeah. class. No, for different award. Alright, fine. Okay. I'm going with Dan. Alright, I'll go with Dan until I don't win. <laughs> so uh, Dan wins uh, the <laughs> stupidest thing said on Armchair Fan Class this year for saying that he would let take literally any manager in the Premier League as a replacement for Arsene Wenger. What a classic Arsenal fan line. <laughs> as well. Brilliant. Alright, final award. And it's the big one. Player of the season, the nominees are Kevin De Bruyne, Manchester City, Harry Kane, <laughs> Tottenham Hotspur, Mohamed Salah, Liverpool, Joe Hart, West Ham, Forts, David De Gea, David De Gea, why? single-handedly say well one of the main reasons why United are in second place got a world-class goalkeeping save is 12 points a season mm. 
Alright. David De Gea, you're throwing him I'm in there. Throwing, throwing him in there for discussion, but throwing him in okay. there. He's got to have a mention. Alright, well, well, let's throw aside Joe Hart, which was <laughs> not an entirely, <laughs> not an entirely serious pick. Shall we go for Adriano? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll reluctantly. You've got to be world class to keep Joe Hart out of the West Ham team, don't you? We will um, reluctantly put aside Harry Kane, I suppose, because I'm not sure, I don't think he. It's probably going to get any votes. So this is the debate that has been raging throughout the country over the last few weeks. Um, Salah or De Bruyne? Pascal Gross. I mean, a guy that was a top assist maker in the whole of the Bundesliga. How Brighton have bought him for two million quid. I think I think we also have forgot to mention Chris Hooten as like, doing an amazing job. Oh, yeah. Should we have a recount? I mean, I think Hodgson still edges it, but Chris Hooten, I don't think he really gets to the, the, the that's praise. Bad. We forgot about Hooten. I mean, Hooten's an incredible. Anyway, sorry. Well, that's your gaff again, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, Pascal Gross, he was bought for like two and a half million quid. Yeah. And he's been basically the main, other than Glenn Murray, big shout, big fan of the show. Mm. Uh, Pascal Gross has done unbelievably at Brighton. So unbelievably. Yeah, it's, a new, it's Northern. Yeah. Um, so I think in terms of value for money, he's been an, arguably a better signing than the uh, likes of Salah. So Pascal Gross is your Premier League Player of the Season. Let me get this right. Pascal Gross, Premier League Player of the Season. Well, we are, as you know, Dave, we're huge in East Germany. And uh, Pascal Gross, you know, uh, big fan. So, yeah, I'm going to throw my weight bit on him. All right. Um, I think that De Bruyne hasn't got enough credit, mm. uh, to be honest, about what he's, uh, what he's done at City. But that is only because Salah has been outstanding. Um, and he's... Transformed, helped transform Liverpool on the pitch. He's provided like the focal point of that front three. Everything, everyone thought they were going to die uh, as an attacking force when Coutinho left. That very much yeah. wasn't the case, and Salah's picked up the burden, or even increased the amount of uh, work that he's been able to do. And also, he's a top bloke as well. I'm sure De Bruyne is lovely, but he's a top. I bumped into him on the train up to yeah, Liverpool from Houston, yeah. and absolutely lovely lad. And um, to be so um, kind of. Uh, humble as a star of the Premier League um, and to be such an incredible player um, and one that has truly changed the team from their addition and almost immediately changed the team from yeah. their addition. Um, I can't look beyond Salah. I mean, I mean Salah also, I mean, he, he, even the British Museum have threw their weight behind him. They've put, <laughs> they've put his boots in the Egyptian exhibit in the British Museum. <laughs> it's ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, that just shows the, the impact that he's had this season. I mean, Liverpool, we all thought well, that... In the museum industry. Yeah, and, and, well, at least, at least that's something that they took, they got given by an Egyptian rather than stealing. Wow. Wow. Dugan. I won't get into an imperial debate. No, don't. Just colonisation. It's a water show. It's taking a turn. Uh, here are what the other regular panellists have said for player of the season. Ali Gregory... Says Mo Salah. Mark Boutros says, Where's Huddersfield? No, he says, <laughs> Mo Salah. Uh, Alex Louch says, Kevin De Bruyne. Dan says, Kevin De Bruyne. So that's two each. You've said Salah. Yep. 3 2. Oh man, I was hoping I wouldn't have to make a call. Um, it's, uh, I'm not going with Gross, so oh, so what is it? Three, two, Salah. So what, what happens if I say De Bruyne? We're fucked, aren't we? But then he's got to reach. Uh, he's got yeah. to choose. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it <laughs> so that I don't have to make the choice. 
If I say Kevin De Bruyne, X Factor style, yeah. we go to deadlock. Oh, I'll add a sound effect. <laughs> Who is. It comes down to Tom Crosby. He's a neutral because he's a Coventry fan, so he has no interest in the Premier League. De Bruyne, Salah, who is the winner of the first ever Fanny for Player of the Season. And I can't choose anyone else? No. It's got to be Mo Salah. Congratulations to Mo Salah, the winner of the Fanny for Player of the Season. 2017 to 2018. That completes the first annual Armchair Fancast End of Season Awards. Gentlemen, thank you. That was an adventure, wasn't it? Enjoy that. That, that was the best, Dave. Yeah, yeah wasn't it? Yeah. Could we do one for the World Cup as well? What, awards at yeah. the end of the World Cup? Maybe yeah. we will. Maybe we will. Now, before we go, speaking of Salah, Champions League final uh, this Saturday. We're not having a show next week. We're not having a show till the World Cup now, so we won't have a chance to talk about it afterwards, but as a preview, can Liverpool do it? What do we think? Um, I mean, the, the, arguably we can. I mean, I think Real Madrid are probably still heavy favourites. I think in terms of like, crunching out results in finals, I can't, yeah. I can't see them not doing it. So you're saying Madrid. Yeah. Uh, what have Liverpool got to do, Dugan, if they're going to try and uh, overcome that uh, Real Madrid favourites to win? They've got to exploit some... They've got to take almost every chance they get. They've got to score two, three goals within that... Fa- they've got to score at least two goals in that first half because you know Madrid comes on strong. You know Madrid goes to try and outpower your defence when it gets to those latter stages. So if Liverpool get two goals in that first 50, 55 minutes, then I can see them trying to hold, cling on towards the end. But... Do Liverpool have the ability to win? Yes. Do I want them to win? No. I think Madrid will take it. All right. Well, we will see what happens on Saturday. Don't forget once more uh, that we will be back during the World Cup when we are moving from audio. We will have an audio-only version, by the way, of our World Cup episode, so you can get it in podcast form. But we will be on YouTube during World Cup 2018 with uh, a, a whole series of episodes covering the 2018 World Cup. More details to follow very soon on Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter at Armchair. Fancast, please do if you want all the information about what's coming up uh, during the World Cup and beyond with us. Uh, we are hosted on SoundCloud. You can get us on iTunes, TuneIn, and Stitcher. Descriptions are, or links to, to all of those are in the description, I should say. Um, and thank you all for listening. What a season it has been. 44 episodes of the Armchair Fancast this season, and we are just getting started as we go into the World Cup, when England, for the first time in 52 years, are going to be the champions <laughs> of the... Don't laugh. The champions of the world. For Tom, here first. Yes. Tom Crosby for Alex Dugan. I have been Dave Bradshaw. We will see you at the World Cup on the Armchair Fancast. <laughs>